0: the film alchemist podcast the show where we take the movies we love break them apart the find out what gives them their magic movie magic new year's magic i'm your host josh gruby joined as always by my friend co-host and guy who loves michael bolton alex dandino before today's first episode of the year that always is nice it feels nice to, mm, ca- to cleanse yeah, the cute. body cleanse that start palette, the man. new year fresh a little business. Everyone, please go to patreon.com. Support the show. We have a huge Patreon exclusive library. We got many series, Tales from the Crypt, mini series, other many series uh, possibly in the works for this year. Mm-hmm. We've talked about some really cool shows that would make awesome many series. Uh, Feature linked commentaries. We got uh, pick your own episodes. Uh, you get a vote on the episodes that go in the library. We do all kinds of cool work over there to try to develop a really awesome community. We have some incredible. Incredible patrons that we met through there uh, that we're hooking everyone up and forging ahead to make this podcast as awesome as possible. If you want to be a part of that or if you just want to help us out, if you're just kind as hell and want to help us out, patreon.com slash film alchemist pod is the best way to do that. Thank you. Go to YouTube, subscribe, you. film alchemist. Email pod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. We're easy to get a hold of. You want to let us know movies we should talk about, have ideas for shows, anything like that? Just want to tell us good job or to suck your butt? That's where you do it on socials. That's what social media is for. So go find us there. We'll be ready. We're easy to get a hold of. Um, Something else you can do to help the show, make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews everywhere you find the pod. Help us defeat the algorithmic Lundbergs that try to fucking oppress our weekends. Mm, Also, go to misfitparade.net. You can subscribe to all of our socials there. You can see short films uh, that I have had a hand in creating. Uh, Alex and I are working on some big projects over there. So go to MisfitParade.net. Find all the cool shit. Yep. We appreciate you. We're just chasing dreams over there, you know. We're not trying. Man was not made to live in a cubicle is what we've learned today. So as you guys know, every January we like to do some New Year's Resolutions. And I think a lot of people's New Year's resolutions center around weight. I think it's a lot weight. Me and Alex are both uh, rotund men, so we fucking have gone through this fucking... Uh, Last year was a really weird one. I had lost, like, a ton of weight, and then I was, like, sick. I lost weight. I can let go a little bit and just vicious how fast the weight comes. (laughs) (laughs) I did, like, that lie to myself. I was like, you know what? why I lift weights. I need some fucking fuel for... Bars. big weightlifting and then all of a sudden it's protein like, yeah. cheeseburger <laughs> yeah world's strongest man shape but like not world's strongest <laughs> man results uh so neither here nor there but another thing i think people often struggle with in the new year job complacency hating your job what is the point of my job i don't have a good enough job yep. should i change all that and i think one of the great anthems uh to the struggles of modern cubicle life is Office Space by Mike Judge, mm-hmm. an absolute comedy classic. It's funny because I know I told you on this show when I was a little kid, I stabbed a kid in third grade with a pencil. Right, I do because I, I was having like some emotional tumult in my life as my parents were separating and shit. So I, I had like some weird. Uh, I had to go to charter. I had to go to, like, mental yeah, health check-ins. Just,
1: behavior, charter behavioral Just health, to
0: yeah. even go to school. Thank God this was before school shooters, so they still tried to help me instead of just banishing me. Right. And look at how I turned out now, society. That's great. Um, But they made me class librarian to try to, like, fucking pull me out of this malaise. And so I became obsessed with comic strips. And, of course, Farsight and Calvin and Hobbes were, like, one and two. Of course. Tied with me the comic strip I was obsessed with was Dilbert Dilbert. and I have no fucking idea. I did not know that the fucking creator of Dilbert would become an evil henchman himself. Yeah. Who knew? But I just liked that. And I would read that comic strip about like the fucking woes of comical or cubicle office worker life and be like in third grade, I get that totally fucking related. And so this was like a years long love affair. I have a huge collection of all the books I wore Dilbert ties like I was like really really in yep to the struggles of office life even as an elementary school kid
1: my dad wrote I think Dilbert, and office Spader, is great.
0: yeah office space really fucking summarizes this fucking battle now that I've been older and I've had the cubicle job I've worked in those fucking soulless fluorescent light places no mm-hmm. sunlight can get in yep um It's a double-edged sword because, one, I totally understand the point of life this is, even though I've aged past them now. Right. Because I think these guys are all supposed to be in their 20s, and I'm, like, way past that, but still struggling. The other thing is you're like, yeah, Peter is, like, the biggest bitch ever. Like, he's a pretty hateable fuck. So it was an interesting rewatch. So, Alex, I'm interested. What were your thoughts on uh, Office Space?
1: I mean, yeah, it's one this
0: of the, was your pick. What was what was talking pick. to you about office space?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always like the resolution for me for this one is like finding joy in your in your work. That's like because, you know, oh, it, that's
0: that's poetic. Yeah,
1: this is sort of one of those like I've had a very I've had like a couple of years. I've had a very hard time finding joy in my work a lot of the time. I, yeah. I, I, I like what I do. Like, I don't have a problem with, you know, like professionally, believe it or not. I, we don't get paid a lot to do this. We do this mostly for free. Um, uh, no, I professionally, as I've said on the show before, I'm a line producer. I I work, I work in, I work in a lot of reality TV. I do a lot of docu-series stuff and some of it's interesting and I, I really do enjoy a lot of it and a lot of it's also very tedious and I deal with a lot of middle management and a lot of people who do a lot, I don't think intentionally, but do a lot of like Lumbergian things to kind of essentially destroy your sense of self and turn you into a drone. I, <laughs> so to find joy in your work is a really important thing for me personally. And I, you know, again, every sentiment in this movie, there's not a single character that I don't think I've gone through what they've gone through at some point in their, in their day. Because, you know, you just, some days you're Peter, some days you're Michael Bolton, some days you're Amir, or Samir, some days you're, you know. I mean, I got hit by a car this year. So some days you're Tom Simkowski. Like, you
0: know, <laughs> there's a lot of. In everybody... on the film Alchemist, you are Milton. That's fine. Yeah, you're I'm, a staple well, stealer.
1: And sometimes, you, sometimes you are Milton. Luckily, I mean, you know, I've never burnt a building down. But you know, sometimes you're Milton. I fucking
0: <laughs> thought about it. Yeah, I, I thought fucking about thought it a lot. about it. Yeah, Milton but was think... the short film that this was based on, actually. Well, so there's that something that's... in that Milton, like that voiceless fucking mumbler. So.
1: Milton is based on apparently this. This is actually like where so the 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 um, animated movie that Milton is based on the original animation, which is sort of like a precursor to Beavis and Butthead, King um, of the Hill, yeah. That Mike Judge made is based on this guy because Mike Judge was a software engineer in Texas before he became Mike Judge. um, Is based on this guy he worked with who he asked one day how he was doing, and apparently the he's like. I'll tell you what, I'm going to quit and burn this place to the ground if they move my desk one more time. Like, he Hell literally yeah. was like, I don't want to be moved anymore. So, there is this, like, but again, I think for me, it this movie is, A, hilarious for many reasons. Uh, there's a lot of great bits, but it also speaks to, I think, a very fundamental truth that we all go through as adults, 20s and 30s particularly, which is, where am I supposed to find the joy in what I do when sometimes what I do just fucking sucks? And Yeah, you know, it's,
0: it's the thing that... It's just part of life. So, yeah, I, I will say I, I struggled. The last corporate job I had, I've never, I'm not any of these characters because I don't make it long enough. Sadly, I have a real hard time just, like, piping down. You are, it's like one you of are the,
1: though. You've been through these kinds of things before.
0: Well, like, we've we've worked on shows and stuff where I did not like it, and we were disgruntled same thing but the cubicle yeah. one specifically right because there's something about on the show we all knew that our hours were too long we were working too hard for no money right everyone on set universally agreed with that so it wasn't like uh oh some people the the cubicle thing is different because there are real like it's a cast system and so i was like j- here's just an example of something that i went through that drove me nuts so i literally did this where i had the the meeting and my manager's like, hey, Josh, I want to check in. How do you think it's going? And I'm like, "Uh, this job sucks. And she's like, what did you do today? I was like, literally nothing. I was like, I've been just listening to audio books on my phone. And she's like, why? And because they hired me and this other lady at the same time, right? My efficiency, I worked at a financial institution, which is, like, how the fuck did I end up here? I worked at this financial institution. I was working at like 650% efficiency, right? Like right. they had like a set goal. And just because I knew basic computer skills, I was awesome at this job. Right. The other lady like, I don't get the dying computers. I don't. She was working at 42% efficiency. <laughs> and so I went to her and she told me that. And I was like, awesome, sick. Like, do I get a raise? Like, am I promoted? What's, the, what's the, the plan here? And she's like, no, nothing changes. Good job. And I was like, what? And so then my efficiency ranking was set. Like, I had to do that. And if I didn't do 650% of the work, I was in trouble. So I just stopped working. And I said, I'm going to do as close as I can to hit 100% and nothing more. So for like four days a week, I would do literally nothing. Right? I would go fucking watch porn in the warehouse. I would do whatever I could to not work. And it was this exact same thing. And every two weeks, we'd have these corporate, like, cult welfare meetings. Right. Where they'd call us into this auditorium we had on campus. They'd play this video about how our company was changing the world. Right. Right. And they'd always open it up to questions from, like, the the head people in Chicago. And they'd be like, hey, we want to know from you guys, like, what can we do um, to make your job and lives better? And I'd always stand up and I would be like, can we have more money? They'd go, no, 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 stop it. And I'd go, can we have more time off? And they'd go, no. And eventually my boss was told that I couldn't come to the meetings anymore because I was raffle rousing. And I was like, this is not a hard equation, right? right? Give us more freedom of our time and give us more reward. So, That's it. We all know right. that work fucking sucks, but what this movie really hones in on is that because they never tell us what Inotech does, it's uh, just it's, one of those places, right? It's where what we do has no fucking value to the world. Or there's this book I can't remember what it's called, but it, it was I think it's called "Bullshit Jobs." But this guy talks about one of the plights of modern society is that we all know that everything we're doing is not actually matter to the world, right? Right. We are in the process of making shit for consumption to get shit so we can consume, but none of it actually matters in a life way. And so I think this movie is probably... I mean, this might be the best like crushing office labor kind of movie I've ever seen.
1: Well, I mean, but beyond that, it's not just about... Because to me, cubicle life is... A cubicle life is almost a metaphor for i mean there's a cubicle in anything we do you and i have been on those sets where we just show up we work our day job we understand that we're underpaid and we understand we're overworked and then we go home and we just do it over again because we need right. a job we have to we are part of a machine in some capacity right. that unfortunately knows that we need them i i've had i had um i had a similar i had a similar meeting i had a similar meeting to that the the effect that you were talking about this year uh, I got pulled into my, like, I pulled my boss's boss's office and they sat me down and they're like, are you happy? And I'm like, no, not really. No, no zero. And they're like, zero percent." Well, 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 why aren't you happy? And I'm like, I, I don't know. There's nothing. I'm like, it's not, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I, I was like, I, I mean, I don't think I make enough money. I don't think I do. You know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> love, I don't love what I do. I mean, like, what, what do you, what do you want?
0: I get no respect. I get no pussy. You know, we I had get like no, a really. I watched Wolf of Wall Street.
1: This is not the life I'm. <laughs> we have like a really specific conversation. I mean, look, I, I'm, I am luckily. I, I look. The difference is beside, like the difference between obviously the Peters, the Peters and Lumbergs of the world. I am friends with my bosses, so the conversations I have do have meaning, and they do resonate with them when I tell them, "No, I'm not happy," but like, you know, what am I going to do about it? And then, you know, we have that, that conversation about what to do about it. So to that extent, no, I am not like that's I don't think anybody should be Peter, by the way. I want to be like very specific. Okay, this is what
0: I want to hone in on. Right. Because I'm a Midwestern guy. You were born a Midwestern guy. Indeed. I don't know if this is just like a Midwestern thing, but I was like, if I knew Peter in real life, I would fucking knock him out and be like, never talk to me again. Peter is the worst kind of piece of shit in this movie, which is cry, cry, cry and bitch but does nothing to ever make a fucking positive change in his life. Right. The people that just show up to work and all they want to do is fucking cry and whine and bitch. And I know I just told stories about how I whined and bitched, but only to my higher ups. I would never do that to people I worked with because we were all struggling the same.
1: Well, and I've worked with people who like this year I worked with someone a lot who did that and people came up to me and they're like, why does that person complain? I'm like, I don't know, but I feel bad for you guys because at the top of the day, every time when I saw this person, I was like, "How are you doing today, man?" He goes, "Ugh, another day, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah,
0: yeah." You know, I had I'm, one job like that where I was I like really fucking negative all the time, and I watched as like no one wanted to work with me, no one wanted to be around me. I noticed how it just—it's this compounding factor, and this works in all of life. Uh, yes. If you're a person who's just constantly negative, 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 you see someone post something, hey, I like this, and you're just like negative, 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 that is a compounding interest payment that you're making on yeah. always being a miserable fuck. Mm-hmm. You have to try to, and I, I've been that guy a lot, so I'm Same. speaking from a place Same. of you have to you have to fucking break out of that, but I was like, the Peters of the world, it's kind of weird, because I remember Peter as this like super cool, likable guy I'd want to get a beer with. And now at almost middle age, I mean, pretty much middle age, I probably won't live super old. So I'm like, I'm probably in the middle right now. I was like, Peter fucking sucks. Like he's one of the worst characters that I've tried to root for in a movie. This is the interesting
1: thing. All of us thought in the twenties, like when we were like really kind of grinding to get to where we thought we were supposed to be. And look, I'm 37. I still grind to go get where I think I'm supposed to be. But when you're in your 20s, you think, like, there is this, like, sort of weird upward slope facade. Like, oh, this is where it crests and I settle in, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's sort of, because you're right. I do think they're supposed to be at least maybe, like, late 20s, these characters. Well, he Um, said that
0: when they were talking about how they were laying off Michael Bolton and Samir, he's like, Inatek took a chunk of your best years of your 20s. Right. So I think these guys are, like, on the crest of 30. I think they're very close to 30. Yeah. So, to me, this is always the thing.
1: Peter is this extreme version of what you're talking about. This like that, com- that compounding negativity, and yeah, when you're older, like we are, is one of those things. You watch the movie, and you're like, "What a fucking dick!" Like,
0: I like, what a piece of shit just like, spreading why? misery. Just
1: shut up, quit your job. Then here's like,
0: the other thing I had totally forgot. Well, hang
1: on, hang on. the The thing that is real, the thing that you and I are this, like, we're not nearly as cool as he is, but the the complaining. Versus like work part of life, yeah, that we're all used to and who we are is Lawrence, which is Diedrich Bader's character. All of us come home, put our feet up, complain about our job, and then we go to work again. Like
0: Lawrence look, doesn't complain at all; he's just fucking loving life. No, he
1: come, he complains, but he has the normal complaint. He's like, "Oh man, I got to wake my ass up at six a.m. every morning. I'm doing the drive yeah. all to the new McDonald's. Yeah, that's a normal complaint. Yeah, it sucks to have yeah. to wake up that early. I understand. Like those are normal complaints." And that's who we all kind of are, basically, because we still have to get up and go to work in the morning. Peter's this extreme version of narcissism that is so, like, beyond anything.
0: Here's the thing that sucks about Peter that I had forgotten, right? Narcissism's a great way to say it, because one, he's like, I'm so oppressed. He's just working at an institution, right? That's fine.
1: You're he working he at has white a job. job.
0: He can jo- go just fucking have a long coffee break mm-hmm. at a restaurant. Yeah, go to like a, a restaurant. Fucking for sit a sit coffee- down restaurant, at dude. Never, in the morning. I've never had a job where you're like, I could just disappear for like an hour to go to a coffee break. Never have
1: had that. That was right? always a weird thing to me in this movie.
0: Like, lunch was like, a, you, if you drove, like you have to crush lunch in like 25 minutes and get back. Yeah. Like, I've never had a, like, you can just take, like, long, lazy lunches job.
1: Remember when we would go neither on, on Wipeout when we would get, like, when we had hours, oh, yeah. we would go to Burgies yeah. and everyone, well, I know I didn't, but a lot of the guys we worked with would get blitzed and, like, eat a steak sandwich I and go back blitzed, to work. I would get blitzed,
0: yeah. It was the best. You'd be so full of food and beer, and you'd go back to, like, the 120-degree desert and, like, get some <laughs> manual labor. You'd be like, burr, burr. <laughs> neither here nor there. But the thing that, about Peter that sucks, right? Everyone complains about their job, complains about things in their life. We have way too much negativity. And I think especially today, we really coddle negativity. Yeah. Like, I think people now with social media, there is this kind of idea that if you have negativity, that you're seeing something that needs to be called out in the world and that you will get clout for that. So we have this weird, like, negativity loop. Like, I have friends online that they only exist to fuck... Like, there's this lady i follow i'm not gonna like put her on blast but her whole fucking thing is grievance every single thing is grievance and it's like your life is awesome like from the outside looking in like you are not struggling in any way other than perceived ways right like little things like oh my god my fucking amazon package like uh, yeah why would you send it at the end of the driveway and it's like if something like that happens to her it's like a fucking long ass post And it's just like, fuck, man. But she gets negative feedback for that. What I hate about fucking Peter, because one, Peter's just like, he doesn't have Facebooks or Instagram. So he has to go do it in real life. Right. So he's just spraying it on everyone. Right. Because like everyone complains about like a bad fucking piece of equipment at work. Of course. Peter takes it to the next level. The narcissism about Peter, the thing that I can't fucking stand about this character. He doesn't have a dream. His whole dream is to do nothing. Yeah. Which drives me and say At least Tom is like, hey, I wanted to do the jump to conclusions, Matt. I wanted to right. put something out in the world. And maybe this is just a personal grievance because, like, this podcast takes a lot of work and time. We are doing it as a hobby that maybe someday something could become of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, making films with my friends, right? That takes a fucking ton of work, right? Hopefully something will come. Writing screenplays, something. So I not only have a fucking job. And kids and all these things that fucking eat up my normal life and make me right, feel like Peter. Right, right. But then I have all these other pursuits, and I'm like, in a perfect world, that's what I would do with my my time, right? Peter just wants to do nothing. He just wants to live a life without a job, period. Right? Like, when he gets hypnotized, and he's like, I just don't like paying bills. I don't want to do that anymore. I would smack the fuck out of him <laughs> if he was my coworker or friend. I was like, no one on planet earth likes any of these things. Right. But you want to sit there and fucking drink beer and go hit on waitresses at restaurants and be able to buy fucking fishing equipment. Right. So like you do like doing shit. You got to fucking work. dude. (laughs) Like what the fuck? This is the world we built. And if Peter is not some fucking Joan of Arc, who's like, I hear voices and I'm here to fucking change things. Yeah. He's just like, why can't I be the idle rich white? And it's, it's something I had totally forgotten about this movie.
1: I think this is the thing, and I, I because, uh, you know, when you're approaching, I think when you're approaching 40 and you've lived, yeah, you've had some jobs and you've worked like normal people, the idea of like, oh, if I made a million dollars, what would I do? Oh, man, well, I really, like, the idea of doing A million nothing,
0: dollars don't go like it used to.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't. But that's neither, well, it's it doesn't, but either way, yeah. that's neither here nor there. But like the idea, I think this is like the amendment. This is the amendment because like for me, the idea of doing nothing is doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, what but, he wants to do is watch Kung Fu, fish, and Ben, yeah, Jennifer Aniston. It's not. Doing like, I also would do all those things yeah, too. See,
1: this is the difference. Like for me, it's not. I would do nothing. Like if if that if I was in that scene as that character, be like, I would I would stop it. I would relax. It's not a matter of like kicking back. Like if you have a million dollars. Look, if you have a, if you're a single guy, no matter where you are, and you have a million dollars, you can probably relax a little bit. Like, there's not a lot. You have like nothing to worry about at a at million dollars. If you're some random guy who doesn't have a lot of life expenses to begin with, now a million dollars doesn't take us very far, but it certainly can take a single guy. Well, in his, like, his, in his I late love 20s. that
0: thought experiment. Right? Let's do it. If you had a million dollars, I was like, the first thing I do, and this is assuming no fucking taxes come peeled off right. of that, right? So I have the actual number of a million. Samir would nailed it. The first thing I do yeah. is I would pay off my house. Mm-hmm. I would take probably twenty grand, right, to just do buy any stupid fucking thing I'd ever thought that would be cool to buy, right? And then the rest of it you put in a fucking high yeah. interest account. I would, yeah, just making I would, money. I would pay, pay off would, every fucking. If bit it was of straight debt up a
1: million dollars. I'd pay off all our debts,
0: and the yeah. other thing I might do I'd is buy my neighbor's yeah. house. And just use that as my fucking, like, Del Toro, like, fucking nightmare house or whatever. Nice. Like, that'd just be my fun house that my family and wife aren't allowed in. I that's think I would,
1: just, I would just pay off all our debts and I'd put the rest of it, yeah, in a high interest account. And, yeah, I'd take, I take I'd take, like, Andrea and I would take Henry on vacation. That's about it.
0: Yeah, but that's what I mean. A million that's dollars it. is not, like, a fucking, like, it's not as wild a thought experiment as you want, right? Because yeah. that's like, yeah, I'd put a movie or two into production. I do, like, these little things that I've always yeah. wanted to do. But again, at the thought of like I would still do stuff. I think you have yeah, like
1: being complacent. I think this is like the the thing the movie and Mike Judge is really again, I think Mike Judge is one of the smartest comedy writers that's I don't think he gets oh, enough yeah. credit cuz he's done incredible TV work. Like oh, Office yeah. Space is amazing. But like his TV is so Succinct and so fascinating It
0: al- was like a pop cultural explosion right. King of the he, Hill was massive He
1: also made one of the most underrated Movies about what has Pretty much become the truth which is Idiocracy which is terrifying mm-hmm. But yeah. again this is bec- Like like Mike Judge film projects Always don't do well out the gate Yet people like come back to them Like every single time they need something To talk about like we're doing right now I, I think that office space is office space is a moment in time and it's a great like time capsule for like Y2K hysteria and the terror of complacency going into another century. But I also think that Peter is such a weird poster child for like, it's the proto Tim Robinson character from like the characters he does, like from, I think you should leave, which is just like feigned outrage at things that really are not, that outrageous like oh yeah it sucks your job is, like the things that annoy peter at his job are essentially microaggressions that he could easily get over if he had gotten like you know sure like like he did he got a promotion
0: well, it's like twofold right because like the tps report thing yes that yeah, is like that a is classic example. Exe- and this this movie is so beautiful in the first like 10 minutes of layering mm-hmm. things on this office that sucks right the coworker who just wants to listen to the radio with no headphones yeah we get that. The lady who has the annoying voice who talks too loud. We get that. Oh, yeah. Right. Lumberg, like, mm, well, yeah, I'm going to need the TPS report thing like this stupid thing. They just made up so they can fucking have something to do and give you grief. Yeah. We all get that. What happens before it, though, shows you the problem with Peter. Peter's stuck in a fucking gridlock. Mm-hmm. Right. We both lived in Los Angeles in our 20s at this age that this movie was happening. We all are familiar with this. Who are the worst fucking people that help create gridlock that never fucking ends? The the lane next to me is moving. I'm going to force my way in so that I can move because I, above all else, deserve to move. He gets in the other lane and then his lane starts moving. He forces his way back. Yeah, And you're like, that's Peter. He's constantly trying to force his way into the easier, I want to get ahead lane. And I think that's a metaphor for all of us. But when I'm in gridlock, I just go, fuck. There's, like I hate the people that are like, I will fucking Tetris my way through L.A. morning traffic. You're like, you can't. There's too much of it. Yeah. We're just going to get there when we get there. Stop being fucking assholes and changing lanes and ruining everything. Right. And so I think that scene, while it's a relatable thing we all struggle with, and we've all had that moment where you're like, whatever lane I get in personally, the universe is slowing down. It also is really illuminating of this like kind of man-child that Peter is
1: yeah i mean i think that it's again it is just it's a it's a story about it's a story about microaggressions and how this one guy finds a way to basically again the-
0: did we not talk about how fucking bizarre the hypnotherapy thing is in this movie because okay. i had also forgotten that for the most part i thought this was just like a guy who'd hit the end of his rope Oh yeah no, no.
1: <laughs> we, we hadn't talked about this
0: a it's my fucking thing i
1: also think it might be one of my favorites it's easily one of my favorite scenes in the movie because the yeah, so the guy the guy who really plays funny. the guy who plays the hypnotherapist i've never remembered his name the first time i ever deeper. saw him <laughs> first time i ever saw him in movies he was the he was the professor in uh richie rich the one with macaulay calkin <laughs> <laughs> and when i saw this movie when i was older i was like whoa cool the professor he puts on one of the greatest, like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? Performances, yeah, deeper and deeper. Oh, wait up! Just this, like, and he's like hold, doing this, the, the thing with yeah, his Yeah, because his fucking and,
0: circulation's going. He's his,
1: <laughs> it like, I keep it's so awesome. I mean, it's an amazing thing. Not
0: only that, but it has deeper this great like down. thesis where oh, Peter's like, every day you see me is the worst day of my life, which yeah. again, I. I think on a surface facade level, it's like, yeah, this is the movie I remember loving. Yeah. Again, Peter, fuck off. Get, uh, Stop yeah. being such well, a dramatic little bitch. This
1: viewing is the, this viewing's actually the first time I've agreed with the doctor when, when he says, is today the worst day? Like, yeah. He goes, wow, that's messed up. I'm like, that is messed up. That is not yeah, good.
0: It's messed up. You're in a fucking hypnotherapist office, which you can just afford to go to. Afford Insurance to go to. is not covering that. With your super hot red headed fucking girlfriend who's in a fucking power suit like a fucking just that's literally an entire tab on the bank, you know, <laughs> like your life is not that this bad. is like a perp- This is like a. your perfect neighbor's ne- fucking cool. It's like, is like what a perfect is your 90s problem? joke,
1: though. there's just like when they're like we're going to the hypnotherapist, you know, well, the guy did help Anne lose weight. Peter, she's anorexic. Yeah, yeah. the guy's real good. I'm like, that is a good 90s joke. <laughs>
0: There was a lot of that going on, like that really like wavy, extra, insanely, disgustingly thin. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just it is so funny how this movie turned to me, because even like the scene when it's like one of the famous scenes in the movie is like, I got you a going away present. Oh and it's gosh. like Michael Bolton and Samir and him. Uh, to, They do a lot of just like shit to like awesome 90s rap, yeah, which was like a real throwback. But they just beat the shit out of a fax machine. And Michael Bolton, like, goes back and is hitting it with his actual raw fit. It's a funny scene. (laughs) Yeah. But there is a fucking, like, Woodstock 99-ness to these guys. Yeah, Like, at least Samir and Michael Bolton, they get fired. They have actual grievance. Peter is just a fucking asshole. But But the idea that, like, I'm going to take time out of my day to go fucking smash up a fax machine... It's something I always loved. I, I thought this scene was so awesome. I still think it's really fucking funny how they filmed it. Yeah. It's like when Pesci and his brother get it in Casino. are <laughs> like, it's fucking great. It's so, I forgot how
1: fucking childish these guys were. When Samir takes that bat and like pushes Michael Bolton out of the way, that's like the, mo- that's the moment I'm like, oh,
0: this scene is absolutely. Dude, pointless. their interplay is fucking awesome. It's amazing. The like whole it bit. is awesome. But again, they're, they're fucking babies. Yeah. And it's weird cuz this movie changes like three times. Like it starts off as like a hypnotherapist, I'm going to walk through the world, and then like an hour in they're just like, "Oh, now this is a heist movie." <laughs> it's yeah, like, I mean, "Wait, what?" It's really
1: but see like it's a bad heist movie too, and they know it. But I think this is like the brilliance of yeah. Mike Judge because it's a bad heist. It goes poorly, and then you know, Well, it
0: goes exceptionally well.
1: Well, like it's a it great heist. way too well. And uh <laughs> again that that scene when they're sitting in his apartment and like okay uh laundering to conceal the amount i can't believe what a bunch of fucking nerds we are we're looking up money laundering in the dictionary you're like there you go that's that this is the this is the level of criminality we have here
0: is you have to look at it's like hey do you want to come over he's like hey man i want you fucking my life up peter man no
1: man i want you fucking (laughs) up my life too (laughs) Diedrich Bader is amazing in this.
0: Diedrich Bader. Way. If you were doing like MVPs of the movie, like he's way up it's there. Dieter. Milton fucking rules. Lundberg uh, rules. Gary Cole does. Yeah, one of the that greatest, scene when like, he's imagining, <laughs> fucking Lundberg mm, banging yeah. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite parts. of the movie. I'm dying laughing, dude.
1: Yeah. I, he whatever that mundane. Whatever that voice he again, I think Gary Cole's an like Gary Cole's an incredible actor. I, I don't. Yeah. Again, this movie's filled with just amazing character actors from our from now like up through like twenty twenty three who have just done uh, amazing work since then. Everybody is in this. Um, like you know David Herman was on Mad TV and he was always very funny. I think this might be probably the fu- I think this is like the funniest thing he's ever done. Um, but I also, you know, besides Diedrich Bader, yeah. Orlando I mean, Jones Steve, just selling magazines. Orlando Jones crushing it in, a, like, almost a cameo bit. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> so good. But
1: I think Steven Root, again, oh. it's hard because Steven Root has never done another character like this. Cause Maybe now, his
0: character in Dodgeball is, like, the closest.
1: Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. That's the one, but, though, where he's,
0: like, he just reads obscure. Like, he watches the Ocho. He reads weird magazines. Yeah. He's married to an Asian, like, mail-order bride almost. He's just a weird guy. Yeah. I, he's, he's never, like a really high functioning Milton.
1: But other than other than this, <laughs> I ordered a my tai. Really and you
0: brought me a pina colada.
1: He's sort <laughs> of just been like a corporate guy a lot of the time. Or like a he again, he he's one of those chameleon actors. He does everything. Oh man. Like, actually he can just slide into met, any
0: role. He's so good.
1: I met him one time, uh I was a transpo I was a transpo PA, um, just driving people up and down the hill. There's a famous Um, neighborhood up in uh, the hills called Mount Olympus that you're not allowed to park in so we had to shuttle people back and forth Um, the only people who were allowed to park up there were the famous people who were uh, actors on the show so Stephen Root walks out Uh, he was done with for the day he walks out and my friend and I were just outside our cars just like reading and I was like holy shit is that Stephen Root and finally like it's the only time I've ever had the balls to just like say something to someone famous and you know we've met enough people who like they're not assholes or anything at least famous people i've met mostly aren't assholes it's the only time i've been able, like willing to say like hey i love your work he like waved was like have a good one guys like oh man mr root i think you're wonderful like absolutely love your work and you know i think one and he's and like
0: he- yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> he no he was li- oh, wow <laughs> i really appreciate that guys you guys are wonderful thank you for all the work you do I was like what the fuck what a sweetheart fucking milton I'm so glad you burned that place Mm -hmm.
0: down. How they fucking treat the like PAs. Yeah. It's so illuminating. If you've ever (laughs) like worked in the industry or if you've like just been like, I used to be a bouncer in Hollywood. So I have like some very interesting fucking celebrity interactions. The way that they treat like serving people, service people, you learn everything you need to know. Yeah. Like, you know, immediately like, and it is funny because sometimes it's the guys who are like the least successful. Are the biggest fucking pieces of shit it's bizarre when that ever happens. i think it's a really
1: strange thing like it happens a lot with um reality stars reality oh, yeah. people
0: reality people Well, again it's the famous. peters of the world who are like i clearly deserve this despite having no talents no discernible <laughs> fucking talent or art or craft that i've made i the other i was thing, just a hot person who got fucking run through on a fucking reality show i think the other the other like
1: one of my other favorite like character actor moments is actually Mike Judge as the uh the um manager of Chachkies. That the, <laughs> the bit flare. about the the flare. Joanna, what do you think about someone who only does the bare like that yeah. whole thing is fucking I've that had one those That one is conversations extra before.
0: funny cuz there's like an insult to it cuz I was always one of those people too. It's like I will do exactly will do what, what you pay me, me for. Do. Yeah, I I believe that so firmly because I do think the only power we have in life is the power of our dollar. Right? What are we spending it on? And when I'm spending my time and dollar in your building, if you are not fucking going to return that favor, which most jobs won't, if a job agrees to pay you a salary, you are almost always underpaid. Like yeah. that's there. There are very few overpaid. People who are not, like, fucking C-class. Like, I think once you get to, like, C-suite employees, now we're talking overpaid. Every NBA player is underpaid. I know that sounds crazy and you're fucking mad about it. It's true. Every fucking movie star, probably underpaid, right? Every fucking teacher, nurse, whatever. If a corporation says, this is what we think you're worth, they think they're getting a deal when they sign that contract, that's how they're trained. There are not a lot of people that sign contracts like, let's overpay the guy in the cubicle. That does not happen, right? Everyone is underpaid is the theory I've always had in society, right? So that's fine. You know that going in. Adjust your expectations, right? I don't know. It is bizarre. It is bizarre because we were also growing up in an industry everyone's like, if you fuck, put in blood, sweat, and tears, do all this extra work, right? You stay the long, long hours. You never sleep. You're always there. Like, they had to implement rules in Hollywood before we started, right? Like, if I, was it golden hour rules? Because PAs were fucking crashing and dying from not sleeping. So, so like, famous, I get it.
1: Well, no, so it's famously, it happened on the, it was the director of photography, I think, for or maybe it was one of the grips for uh, Pleasantville. Uh-huh. They did like a 22-hour work day or like an 18-hour day or something and he had to dr- he had to drive home and crashed his car and died. Yeah. So after So like that, I get it. There was a big, yeah,
0: like, But there's also like there is expectation setting and there is especially if you just want to be a person like Peter who does nothing. Right. Well, you like, can solve this problem pretty easily. What
1: I what I love is yeah, like you've had those bosses who are like what do you think about people who only do the bare minimum? Like, I don't know. What do you think about paying them more for doing yeah, more? Like, I think that's you, you. I think, I think that's th- you, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, I get paid what I get paid. Do you you <laughs> want to pay me more and I'll do more than the bare minimum? But see, like, that's like there there are scenes in this movie. I think this is like the real for me. This is what makes Office Space brilliant. This is why like I like thinking about it in my daily life because this and this is why I say we all go through. Each of these characters, like some moment in these characters day throughout our day, just because, just because this is who we are, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, that conversation, it's the conversation with the Bobs where you're like telling them the truth about what it is that you do. Like, I agree. Like, it is interesting when we, we, cause we've had a lot of talk, to- we've had a lot of conversations because I still work from home. I'm still very lucky. I get to work from home. We've had a lot of conversations about like, Oh, maybe we all start needing to coming back to the office. I'm like, why? Why would we
0: all yeah. need to do that? I'm like, this we've is a already- very interesting post pandemic. Like, let's all go back to the office. I was movie. like, why
1: do I need to go back to the office? Because I've already proven that I can do my job from my house, like sitting in my, you know, yeah. sitting in my fucking chonies, drinking my coffee.
0: Like, what's the? Do point? Do you think Peter is happy enough if he just gets to work from home?
1: See, and I think that's a really good question. I'm not really sure. Like, for me, like for me, the
0: conversation... Those wasted of, work hours then become kung fu hours, so it might be exactly what he needs.
1: Well, for me, it's one of those conversations where when people say, like, oh, we all need to be back in the office because of the camaraderie and the conversation you can have quickly, I'm like, A, I don't need to be in the
0: office. I yeah, can I don't call need people. camaraderie from coworkers yeah, at all. I can, like, I can call people if I have
1: questions. Like, also, <laughs> but again... This is the other thing, and I know some people that I work with listen to the show, but I am going to say this because I'm I'm also pretty sure people that I work with who I work with on shows know this. When you have, like, office work and that kind of thing, yeah, like, there are busy days and stuff, but I think if you're really honest with yourself, especially when you're – like, when I'm at the office, I do less work than I do when I'm at home. I get a lot of work done at home. Yeah. When I'm at the office, I actually have a lot more distractions so like in a given work week, if I'm you're at the mad because
0: you've commuted right, you don't have like your food easily accessible. Like yeah, it's just everything's well, it's more just annoying.
1: Like, well, it's one of those things where I agree. Like when Peter's like the, you know, in a given work week, I'd say I only do about 15 minutes of solid work. I'm like, yeah, I mean like in a given in a given day, in a given week, I probably if I would have, like when I was going to the office, it would be like 80 percent dicking around and doing nonsense. And then the other 20% is like actual hard work. But that is spread out over, you know, a five to seven day work week.
0: It like, is so funny how it's become a thing where they want us back in the office because I think middle managers are realizing how fucking useless they are. Yeah. And they're like, I don't have the people to fucking walk around and do the Lundberg to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if they don't have that, what is their fucking purpose in the movie? Right. And the other thing is, I think companies, they've never quite like they, they haven't figured this out. Right. They know they're underpaying all of us, right? That's the deal they signed. They're cool with that. The thing they can't understand is, like, something I've never understood with, like, a lot of these jobs is, like, tell me what you want done every week, right? So when I come in Monday, say, here is 80% of what I need from the workday, and then every day I'll add, like, a couple tasks here and there to that, like, have to get done urgently. Because almost nothing you do at any job has to be done urgently, And I was like, so what's the difference if you tell me on Monday I need these 85 tasks done this week? Okay, well, what if I fucking bust my ass and get them all done by, like, Tuesday at lunch? Why can't I have the rest of the week off? Because I did every single thing we agreed that you wanted for the money that you had paid me. And there's something about the corporate, like, American model where they just can't tolerate the fact that we could, like, have extra free time. Yeah. If they contracted us for a week's worth of work that we might be able to get that done in way less than a week. And I've never understood this fucking given. And this is why they hate remote work is because they know that. There's not always stuff that like we need all that time for, but yeah. they're still underpaying us. So instead of just letting us inch call back these hours, they're mad that they're getting cheated, even though they're cheating us from the. Offset, yeah, onset. So yeah, I just I never understood I, that. Like I'm like just fucking tell me what you need. It, I'd rather work two a, like long days and just get it done. Yeah, no, I agree. I also I think, think it would it's increase productivity of, through the roof.
1: I think in like when I like when people started going back to the office, and I remember I remember reading this article. I think it was in Forbes. About, like Jamie Dimon was like people need to return to the office I'm like okay so the CEO CEO the CEO of JP Morgan Chase is going to tell everyone that we need to go back to the yeah. office I'm like yeah I'm sure you need to pay for your building lease and therefore that's yeah. why you want to do that like I get it you want to justify I mean why don't you save a yeah. bunch of money and just not also, pay also
0: your it? office has like a shower a fucking yeah. cocaine repository like your office yeah. is cooler than ours
1: you you have a cool little you know I'm sure you know fight club headquarters whatever it is like your executive <laughs> squash room is probably great.
0: <laughs> He's got like his kimono room and shit. Yeah. I I don't understand that at all. And you know, it's it's the fucking scourge of like they, they always will find a way to fucking take time to make themselves like the the scourge now of the remote worker is the fucking Zoom meeting. Oh yeah. Like the Zoom meetings that don't ever have to happen because people need to have their face seen because we still are stuck in this office space world where Absolutely. Like there's the one scene in the movie I wish they would have pushed farther, which is where they start grilling Lundberg about what he's doing. Yes. I wanted them to fucking grill him cuz he's just like, "Yeah." Yeah. And the fact that they didn't give us the catharsis of watching him like squirm, suffer or get demoted or fire, I think is because Mike Judge knows that that's not how it works. That the boss always wins absolutely but that's a scene that i in that moment of the movie i was like fuck i want to see Lumberg just get fucking crushed yeah like tom did earlier Where like he has a full breakdown and realizes he's fucking useless but again the movie plays on this kind of nihilism of there's there's no fixing it and tom and samir just end up at in a chode or whatever it is right yeah and peter just decides yeah you know what i like working outside i like uh, getting a little exercise. Yeah, Peter, I like that he just finds a job. He's working Peter's with his reprieve
1: buddy. is he likes to work at a job that doesn't require him to be.
0: Yeah. He'll get a new location here and there. You do get He's the just... sense that Peter's going to be a giant sack of shit again before you know it. Yeah. But the like people like also this know, just are what they are.
1: But you also know in construction, Lawrence will like kick his ass in front of everyone. Yeah. Like,
0: those guys are not going to fucking. They'll be like, we all know it's hot. We all know. <laughs>
1: I made that mistake on a set
0: once. I was fucking bitching about how hot it was. And these two old dudes I worked with, they're like, you think you're the only one who's fucking hot? Think that's helping us? And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. Like, I had to learn these lessons as a young guy. I think I was a Peter. Yeah. And then through, like, fucking (laughs) abuse, (laughs) I fucking learned that no one wants you to be a Peter. There was Um, one...
1: There was one day you and I were working out on Wipeout, I remember, and we were in the foam trailers, and I can't remember what we were doing, but both of us were just like quietly standing there, and you were like, and I remember you saying to me, you're like, this is it, man. This is the end. And I'm like, oh my God, what is going to happen right now? Yeah. Because like those foam trailers are the, bit. they were the, bit. they're the, um,
0: they're like shipping they're the, containers.
1: They're the shipping containers. Sound does not carry out of those things. So <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Is he going to do something right now? Is he going to just, like, shove, like, foam down his mouth so I can't, like, pull it out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm much more of a take everyone with me if I'm going out. I'm more of a grandiose gesture guy. But look, no, I've, yeah. never, I've never been. This is, the I think, the difference is that I will just fucking quit a job I hate. Yeah. Like, thankfully, I've never had a career. Like, I guess some people would say I've had jobs where I make a good salary. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had, I've had okay-paying jobs. I've never had the job that, like, paid so... And most people who watch this movie and are like, fucking A, right. Most people have never had the job that pays so much that you are doing, like, irreparable damage by leaving the job. Right. Leave the fucking... If you hate the job right now, if you're hearing this or watching Office Space and you hate the job, start sending out resumes right yeah. now. Like, Absolutely. I know, I mean, the thing I hear a lot from people, it's not the money, it's the insurance. Like, people need insurance for family yeah. members. That is kind of the great fucking shackle that our system has put upon us, is the fucking insurance more than the paycheck. And the movie doesn't get into that because everyone's fucking totally healthy and able-bodied. And they're fine. They're in their 20s. They'll be fine. Right? A little harder to do when you're fucking have kids and you're you're older and your own body's going on you. Right. Just find another job, guys. Like, there are jobs out
1: there. Look, if you want to be dumb like me and be a freelancer, you can do that. Then you just pay your health insurance <laughs> by yourself. You never have to worry about insurance covered by the company.
0: It is. It's It's an interesting. And, again, I love this because it's such, like, an American kind of movie, right? Like, this is just, like, our fucking yeah, thing. This is our problem. Um, no, I'm sure uh, other countries have it, but it feels like, this movie feels so American.
1: I think that there's a, so much that's relatable in the malaise and the terror of the mundane is what makes this movie worth watching. Like you can't latch onto Peter as a character because none of us have that ability to just like shirk all responsibility and just go and fish. There's just not our, yeah. if you do, you are Lawrence's cousin. Who's a total piece of shit who <laughs> do not do, you know, he's broken. Don't do shit. That's, you know, that that's you.
0: I'm all I, for people having control of their time. I just yeah. think, if I think your goal is to just be the idle rich. I think that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I think controlling your destiny in a way that makes you happy is what yeah. office space is probably yes. ultimately about. Controlling your Peter, destiny great. Peter is not. Peter has to come Peter has to like wait for a building to burn down to get to that, but I think ultimately that for me, that's why I like this. Movie. Well, they
0: try to show us that like he was going to turn himself in, so that he had become a good guy. Yeah. I love when he went back for the envelope because they're like, yeah, there he yeah. is. There's and our. Then Peter. he goes back for the envelope. You're like, <laughs> Not a good guy. Not a good. He guy. definitely would have taken it back. Yeah, but no, so, it's it, it's it's a great, hilarious movie. Amazingly cast, very well written, very sharp even though it's like attacking the office it also kind of acknowledges the shortcoming of the people in the office of course no one's right?
1: no one's absolved of any of their behavior it's just
0: yeah it it definitely turns around and kind of shines it on all of us that we've all kind of are uh, cons- conspirators in this fucking problem we find ourselves in okay it's
1: it's just a great movie before we get out of here i do want to say one thing my dad did work with a guy who is like uh the drew the guy cuz that guy doesn't exist anymore because of me too but the, um oh, oh. the ooh, ooh, that thing. My dad worked with a guy, uh I think when he was out here, there was a guy who worked with him who would like come into his office and talk about like, Man, I was with this chick last night. My dad's like, I don't want to hear any of that.
0: Like, please get out of here.
1: And, I think I might have
0: been that guy.
1: <laughs> those guys those guys exist. Those guys existed. They're gone now. They're 'cause they're HR nightmares and none of them can work anywhere. But you know, that's that guy, that character, that character's is an awesome relic from the like early 2000s or early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s that like when my kid, like when Henry starts watching these, and he's like, who's that guy? I'm like, that guy doesn't
0: exist anymore. <laughs> That's it's an ancient somewhere. relic like the Dodo and the Velociraptor. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, the sexual harasser in the workplace. That's uh, He's gone the way of the dinosaur,
0: my friend. <laughs> they have a small podcast called Canceled Again. <laughs>
1: Or their own network called OAN. Shots fired. <laughs> no,
0: probably go. fucking massive podcast that makes me want to fucking cry my eyes out. Indeed. Neither here nor there. That's it for Office Space. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you're excited to join us again for the new this year. Good, this is a good new year, by the way. We have some really good uh, New Year's resolution films coming your way. So I'm excited uh, to share those with you. I'm excited to share another fucking awesome year with the film Alchemist. If you would be so kind, go support the show on Patreon.com slash FilmAlchemistPod. Go subscribe to the uh, YouTube Film Alchemist, right? Email the show, FilmAlchemistPod at gmail.com. We're on the socials. Go to MisfitParade.net to find uh, films that we've been working on. All the good stuff. Let's have another fucking righteous year, guys. I'm excited. We hope you are, too. Happiest of New Year's. I hope you're all safe and uh, ready for the fucking war again. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Tandino.
1: Bye. Just a moment.